1: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because
0: businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at
1: Shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.
0: Can you see it?
1: Did you know Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser the shot! scores. moment's notice. Adams leads.
0: Here, like I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. By,
1: hold my Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in in down. Last day. Wow,
0: really?
1: we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores. <laughs> Hello, Canucks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. My name is Chris Faber and joining me always, David Quadrelli. But first, we are presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. they got a new set out there, and I forget the name of it, Quads, but they got a brand new set that Series 1 and 2 put together. Some awesome-looking rookies in there. You can use our promo code, Season, all one word, capital H, capital S. HockeySeason, ZephyrEpic.com, and uh, free shipping. People know this by now, I think, all across Canada. Someone messaged me. And said, why do
0: you spell out Zephyr Epic, but Faber doesn't?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic on all platforms. That's what I always say. Easy way to find it. Go to Canucks Convo's Twitter account. It's one of the accounts we're following. Boom. Or you can just
0: Google it by spelling. Yeah, I guess Zephyr.
1: Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic
0: on all platforms.
1: Zephyr Epic, the problem with me is that it's hard to read when you're reading it out. Like in one word and all like. like without capitals, it's kind of looks like it's a little hard to read personally. I I, I disagree because the colors change in the logo. Right. But I mean, like if you're looking at it on just searching it up on a website or something, but yeah, easy to find Zephyr Epic. Yeah. Zephyr is a tough word to spell. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that as a, well, I could spell it now, obviously, pretty easily. <laughs> well, probably. but I, think, I hope so. Uh, yeah. I, think I spell it
0: out for you like every week. Yeah, I'm zoned out. At least once a week, a week,
1: you get to hear me spell it out. That's true. Z-E-P-H-Y-R epic. Yeah, now spell Chrome. epic. Epic's easy to spell. Yeah. I don't need to do that here. Good. E p i c by the way. I got it. (laughs) Take your word for it. Hey, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of messing around today. We're going to get right into Canucks topics. Lots to talk about. We're recording this at five o'clock on Friday night. So if there is more to come after we finish recording this or anything that happens live, obviously we'll talk about it live here on the pod. But if anything comes, we may be adding a little bit of extra content to the end. If anything else comes down on Friday night, because a lot of rumors this morning quads, um, where do you want to start? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things. Start. start
0: Let's start at why we're recording at five and, uh, what, what happened this morning and why you weren't on the uh, Trent
1: Call call and uh,
0: why people are probably curious why I was tweeting out the quotes from Trent Call and you were nowhere to be found.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, I woke up to a lot of text <laughs> messages from you uh, because I, look, I'm look. i up till three o'clock last night getting uh, prepared to write another article about seven late round picks. I'm watching tons of video. I'm up late last night. I got one Netflix show in last night, a 16 minute Netflix show. So nothing much. I'm up till about three in the morning. Woke up at eight o'clock You know, not a lot of sleep. Had a bowl of uh, caramel cinnamon toast crunch. Ooh. The prospects, you know, like the prospects, they love the cinnamon toast crunch. All the ones that we talked to love cinnamon toast crunch. So I saw caramel cinnamon toast crunch the other day, and it was excellent. And then on top of that, I've talked about the cinnamon toast crunch uh, churros flavor, right? I told you about this. They have a chocolate one now. What? So I got that as well. Isn't that overkill? So that's, Yeah well right. how was the caramel one? well forget the hockey talk we'll get into this first <laughs> it's like uh the caramel one is really good i think it's it's better than the regular cinnamon toast really crunch. and i think it makes the milk even better too and that's really? one of my favorite things about ct crunch is the milk obviously yes. and the caramel milk like it comes out it's got a little little color to it yeah you know and it was i think it's it's prime to go and like when i'm filling up a bowl of cereal i normally like fill it this obviously put the cereal in first because i'm not in, a lunatic you know, scene yeah uh, so i put the cereal in first and i put the milk until i can like just see the milk yeah right like just until you see like yeah. the glimpse of the white you stop right there but with this one i was like i was i was going covering all of the cereal and milk because i mm-hmm. knew there was going to be a lot of good milk at the end and uh yeah it, w- it was excellent and i had this discussion with my girlfriend this morning she's like that's not breakfast that like when you're having a cereal that's that sugary it, it, it almost is at a level of like, maybe you should have it after dinner as a dessert. <laughs> like, because think about it. Like yeah. it's, it's actually not that out of the realm of, of normality to think that this would be like a dessert, like, yeah, like the chocolate churros in milk. That's something that that's not a very like, nutritious breakfast. No. And I think like you wouldn't find that on like a restaurant dessert menu, but it wouldn't shock me. You know, if I were to open up a restaurant, maybe I'd have the most sugary cereals on the dessert menu. I wonder how many people would be into that. Probably not a lot. Not a lot, but it's like, it's, yeah, like you mentioned, like cinnamon toast crunch churros chocolate. That's a that's a mouthful right there to say. And, yeah, it's not really a, a nutritious breakfast. So, yeah, I had a little bit of a nap today. I had that sugary cereal, and normally I have a coffee in the morning, but I didn't have one. Laid back down in my bed at 9 o'clock, and then, yeah, I was out till about 1230.
0: We've reached a new segment on the show because this is the third time, I think, straight that this has happened. It's the segment where we forget that we didn't tweet out the poll question before the show. Oh, man. So I tweeted out during the show. Okay. That's segment. And then answering the poll question is a different segment. So it's a, uh, yeah, someone someone ranked their top five Canucks Convo uh, segments. And uh, number one, I think, was uh, Quads doing things wrong that he thinks are, like, completely <laughs> normal. Next week, someone said Quads is going to come in and say, wait, you guys don't all wash your clothes in the sink?
1: the uh yeah that that's another weird one for probably just read it wrong on the on the label yeah it was like it's like either put them in the dishwasher
0: or or put them in your sink and i did both
1: (laughs) one of my favorite almost segments on the show is when you're trying to wrap up a segment or wrap up the show and i say no 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 wait 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 you didn't mention this you didn't mention this that's pretty much a segment on the show as well uh but hey Let's get into the hockey news now. Yes. Unless you want to rip me for, for taking naps. No, no, this, no. I take these naps maybe once every two weeks to catch up on all the sleep that I miss out from working so goddamn hard for you in Canucks arms. Okay? <laughs> so I give me give me once every two weeks I need a midday nap. I mean, yeah, it's fine. It's just they like, come let on me Fridays know. On it, I will set,
0: set an alarm. Set an alarm. Do huh. something. Just, I didn't know I was going to fall asleep. Okay, well, you gotta be prepared. Like you just I said, every two weeks it happens. So just, just be a little more prepared. I still, I'm not late. I wasn't I'm late. I'm writing you up. I'm writing you up. Writing you up. Okay, no, let's get, to, let's get to the news. There's lots today, lots you missed. The main thing you missed was eight teams, according to Rick Dollywell of Donnie and Dolly, the team on Czech TV, eight teams have called on Braden Holtby. Now, when you hear that, you're probably wondering to yourself, well, why the hell is Braden Holtby still a Canuck? And as we were talking about in the car ride over here, Chris, Brayden Holpe right now the reason that he's not going to get traded before the expansion draft is because there's minimum requirements that all the teams have to meet for the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. One of those requirements is that you have a goalie exposed that Seattle could take. Mikey DiPietro Pietro doesn't fit those uh those requirements because he's he hasn't been a pro long enough. Same goes for Archie Silovs and obviously Jake Kylie as well, it doesn't count. So all they have is Sacha Demko they're going to use the protection spot on Thatcher Demko, leave Holtby exposed. But Seattle's very interested. So I'll get your initial thoughts on this because I have a lot to say about this.
1: Yeah, I think that you look at what the Canucks... We're going to get to the expansion list, I think, quite a bit in this episode yeah. as well. But there isn't really a guy that sticks out who can bring as much value to your team as Brayton Holtby could. Because... There's not a for-sure starter going to be available for a lot of these. There's going to be some goaltenders that, you know, have some potential. I think that's the exciting thing for Seattle looking forward is, like, the goaltenders that they're drafting that they are going to be real happy with are guys that have potential to be starters, but I don't think any of them are going to be starters next season when Brain Holpe, to me, if they do end up taking Brayden Holpe, it kind of just pushes it down the road another year, which is good for them because, you know, they're not getting the Marc-Andre Fleury guy. They're not getting that starter like Vegas did. They're getting a lesser goaltender at that spot, but having Braden Holtby be the guy come in one year and, you know, be the 1A or, the you know, kind of have a, a 1B, 1A situation. Braden Holtby can be that guy, but it also to me, it just, the big thing about them selecting Holtby does just make it so that they can push it down the road another year and honestly, you know, Big, big cap relief for the Vancouver Canucks if, if Holby is the guy that they want to select.
0: Yeah, there's not a ton of goalies available. That That's the fact of the matter. There's people that were like, oh, maybe Tristan Jari and Matt Murray, that'll be something. Matt Murray's in Ottawa now. That's not an option. Tristan Jari's getting protected. Do you even want Tristan Jari after everything that happened in the playoffs? But anyways, debacle, Yeah, yeah we'll not, we'll, we, we won't get into that, but the goalies that are available for them, they've been linked to Chris Drieger in Florida, right? Look, that's a one-year guy like, like you've seen Not a huge sample size, choked in the playoffs. I don't know if you're Seattle if you want to go out and be like, okay, we're going to go sign this guy in free agency after seeing him for one year, really, and he's going to be our starter. Are you really comfortable with that? I don't think
1: so. Looking like a lot of these projected picks, like... If Braden Holby is the guy there, he's going to be the guy who's, you know, up on the side of the, you know, of the arena. Yeah, There's exactly. He fits, him.
0: he fits great. Stanley with Cup Seattle.
1: champion, Vesna winner. He's, he's a, he's a former star. Yeah. Still a big name. It makes a lot of sense for Seattle to be that guy. Also, just, just the way that, you know, Braden Holby acts, dresses. Very Pacific Northwest type of guy. Absolutely, like it makes a lot of sense for Seattle to go that way. And it's like, what are there, Who are they going to be excited about? Matthew Highmore, if he's exposed, is Jonah Gadjevich what they're excited about? Is Madison Bowie the other guy? Like, the good thing about the Canucks is they don't have a lot of guys that are that great.
0: Now, here's the interesting thing about all this, Chris, is I, I don't know who reported this, but I, I have seen and heard that it looks like it's going to be a side deal for Holpe. So, the, so Seattle's going to select somebody but it's going to be a side deal for Holpe. So the Canucks are going to retain salary. Now let's get creative here. Like can the Canucks, can the Canucks maybe leave like a a Louis Erickson unprotected or somebody unprotected that they don't want. Seattle takes that player. And then the Canucks give like a second or third round pick in 2022 for, for Holpe. Like they attach that to Holpe. You know what I mean, and then maybe take like a seventh round back from Seattle. I know I, I'm like the guy in that meme. I think yeah. it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You gotta explain with the that red one more lines. time. Okay, so completely. it has to, it's going to be a side deal for Holby, right? Because five point nine million dollars owed to Braden Holby, right? Four point three cap hit. I'm ringing these off the top of my head. Yeah, I think, I think those right. are accurate. Um, but. Seattle is going to want Vancouver to retain some salary on that. That's position Vancouver's now in. Uh, the checkbooks are open. Like, we've talked about this on this show before. The checkbooks are open from ownership. You saw that with the Ian Clark deal. Seen that with bringing Daniel and Henrik Sedin on. Like, that's not cheap. You know? it. The checkbooks are open. So, buyouts, all that stuff are on the table. Jim Benning's confirmed that. So, with that, what I'm saying is you pull a side deal off because it's not going to be... like. They're not they're looking at it from a trade perspective. They're not looking at it from a we're gonna leave Holtby unprotected and you go up and select him. When Seattle takes the stage, they're probably not going to select Braden Holtby. That doesn't mean Braden Holby is not going to be a member of the Seattle Kraken. What I'm saying is after they so so when Seattle takes the stage, what I'm saying is maybe Vancouver gets them to select someone like Roussel, um you know, Jay Beagle, you know, I'm just okay. riffing off all the dead weight names, right? Okay. Like, so if they are getting
1: rid of money to also hold on to Holby money, kind of for what you're saying. Yes.
0: Okay. okay. So, so sorry. Cause, what cause I'm yeah, saying,
1: they're going to have a lot. I mean, Seattle's going to have a ton of cats. Exactly. because it's their best weapon.
0: Exactly. So, what I'm saying, right, is, you know, I was just riffing off names there. You got to go look and make sure those guys don't have full no movement clauses because yep. that means they have to be protected. But I don't think any of those guys that I mentioned. we might? No, I don't think Louis has a full. I, I don't think, think, it think it's a full. No trade. Yeah. Changed to no trade, I believe. Um, but what I'm saying is, yeah. So you pull off that side deal. I think if Braden Holtby becomes a Kraken, is that what we're calling them now? Like we say, if a player becomes a Canuck, if they become a Kraken, yeah, I, I don't like that at all. If, if Braden Holtby goes to Seattle, it's going to be through the trade route. I don't think it's going to be through the selection process. But
1: then it's like you hear the report today that eight teams are interested. I yeah. don't think one of those eight teams just would take Braden Holby and you wouldn't have to hold salary because that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And no. then it's like, who else are you losing? That's what I, that's why I don't think that you need to do a side deal with Seattle to make Holby their guy, I, man. I don't know
0: because if you're also getting out of a bad contract and you're only holding some money for this year, I think it's worth it. Like what I just outlined. I think that's a great idea. It would depend
1: on the money that you're holding from Holby too.
0: Yeah, like, you're you're not you retaining know. 50%. You're right. retaining, like, you know, maybe, like, 25%. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's probably something there. I, I'm i still a lot in the camp. Like, this this is something that feels like it's just going to be, if the Canucks are going to be, like, this aggressive team, like they want to be in the offseason, it's going to start with moving money, and that money is going to come from Nate Schmidt. It's going to come from Braden Holpe. It's going to come from Antoine herself. So, if they are going to go that direction you know, and we've heard the Hyman rumors. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. Like if they're going to want to go in that direction and make some big moves, the first thing they have to do is move this money. Cause they just don't yeah. have enough to do it. You know, with, with Hughes and Pedersen's contracts, hopefully coming up soon, it's starting to freak me out with the Pedersen deal a little bit, but like, I, I think that it's a lot to ask from Jim Benning, from what we've seen in the past to make this a deal that happens. Right. I think, I don't know, like if teams are actually interested in Holtby, I wonder if that report, like, came from the Vancouver Canucks to Dolly Wall to report that or whatever. Because, like, that it, that kind of shocks me a little bit that somebody does want to take Brayden Holtby. Well, at 4.3. Well, hold on,
0: hold on. Teams calling about Holtby, like like you said, do teams want to... If eight teams are calling, somebody's going to give you... Somebody's going to give you something for Holby at his full salary you're not going to have to retain. We don't know that all eight of those teams didn't call and say, hey, we'll take Holtby if you retain this much, but you're not getting an asset for it. I think... If you can pull off some sort of deal, and the reason I said you've got to include a second or third round pick in that side deal with Seattle, that's if you're losing some pretty significant money, right? So, you know, maybe you even are able to throw in a player to that trade. All I'm saying is if Holtby goes to Seattle, which I think is likely, then it's going to be through a side deal. It's not going to be through the selection process. Yeah,
1: I, I still don't like the idea of giving up a second round pick or a third round pick because I don't think that. I don't think you really need to rush into this season. The only person that wants to rush this team into the playoffs is Jim Benning, right? I mean, and obviously the players, I think it, you know, it would help to get into the playoffs for sure. Everybody in the organization, right? (laughs) But I think that there's an outside shot that the Canucks are a playoff team next year with what the Pacific's going to look like. Like even, you know, it worries me a lot to give up another second, give up third, when the prospect pool needs so much work. Yeah, fair And enough. when the team starts to be competitive in two years, when all this dead money comes off, you want there to be another wave of talent. What if they can find another Niels Huglander in the second round? Yep. What if they can find a guy like Jet Wu in the second round again? Or even Cole Lynn, guys that can help the NHL team, hopefully, in a few years. Oh well, yeah, I was going to say you know, the like last two. Right? <laughs> I mean, like you want to be able to just actually have more players. Like, what would the Canucks prospect pipeline look like if there was no Cole Lynn or Jet Wu in it right now? Like these guys are what we're really like. They're not. I don't think anybody's like chomping at the bit to see either of those. Sure. But it's really good to have the chance of Jet Wu potentially hitting his potential. It's good
0: to see the potential hit his potential. Yes. Right. It's (laughs) good to see Jet Wu in Abbotsford next year. That's something people are going to get to see him up close and personal. That'll be really nice for fans to see. Yeah. Something I want to ask you. And you know what? We'll get to this later. There was a call with Trent call. I've got a few things to say about that. We'll get to that later. The main thing, because you just brought it up in making the playoffs next year, I look at this team right now, and now we know Alex Edler's probably not coming back. Again, I'll cite the report. Uh, his agent went on Donnie and Dolly, the team on check, and said that they are going to explore the free agent market. And just the way he was talking and kind of what he said about maybe we'll circle back, but hopefully not, was basically the verbiage mm-hmm. that was used. Um you know, it really does sound like Alex Edler's probably played his last game as a Canuck. Unless unless he, you know, comes back on a cheaper deal. Like, that's the thing is if he circles back because he doesn't find anything in the free agent market, which I find it really hard to believe. Like, Edmonton just, look at, Edmonton just gave up so many assets to get Duncan Keith for two years at almost six mil. Like, Edmonton could have got Alex Edler, who who you know th- there's a bit of a debate, I guess, if he's still better than Duncan Keith, because Duncan Keith had a had a pretty tough year last year, but they played a similar role. Alex Edler posted better underlying numbers. Uh, I'm willing to listen that Edler's better than Keith. All I'm saying is, Alex Edler's not going to sign a two year deal worth almost six mil anywhere. Like that's not what his next contract is going to look like, and you don't have to give up any assets for him. So if Edmonton had just waited. They could have maybe got their hands on Edler, and maybe they still will. Like, who knows?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think he's going to have an option to go play for a winner, and that's you know a team that's close to the Stanley Cup contention right now. You know, what if he lands in Colorado? What if he lands in Tampa Bay?
0: Imagine Edler on Tampa's third pairing. Well, that's that's a
1: very possible situation. Edler and Luke Shen hoisting the (laughs) cup together. Yeah, that would be great. And he's a guy who can, you know, kill penalties for you, obviously. He was one of the top penalty killers for the Vancouver Canucks last year on the defense, and I... I I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on the Edler thing because it's something we've talked on a lot and I think the thing was like if he wants to come back the Canucks can work out a deal but if he wants to explore the waters fine I, I don't think it's like a huge loss for the Canucks to lose Alex Hedler I think just like the bigger things that you're losing if Alex Hedler walks is probably just like you know having the last guy from the 2011 Cup run here, a guy yeah. who's been in Vancouver who can probably help a lot of these young guys quite a bit, and you know be the perfect guy to bounce questions off. But if Hedler walks, you know what time it is, right? It's your levy time, baby. No, it's not. They Only your it. levy. Oh
0: my gosh. Okay, imagine they go into next year with a top with a defense core of Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Travis Hamonic, who still has to get signed, by the way. Mm-hmm. Jack, so Jack Rathbone's your second bare lefty. Nate Schmidt, and then you'll Levy and Myers. That's what you're going into next year with.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, the Canucks aren't making the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You don't do like it's there, there's a lot of things that need to make this team. They need
0: to go get another left fun.
1: defenseman. It's not your levy time. It's your levy time, man. It's not your levy. Your going to go play with unless, Tyler Myers on the. Unless your
0: levy is facetiming Jim Benning every day and being like, "Look, I can actually defend the rush now," showing him his workouts where he's actually skating
1: well, then. Maybe it's your Levy type. Right. You're replacing a guy who couldn't skate very well with Edler with Ole Levy. Another guy who can't
0: skate very well, but right. has far less hockey IQ and defensive He's IQ, got good hockey, IQ. way less than Alex Edler. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, right you now,
1: smirsch the name of Alex yeah, Edler. But how long has Ole Levy been in the league? He hasn't had a chance to really start. Sure, to so you're
0: going to throw him in and be like, oh, go on figure the third it out.
1: Pairing playing what? Fourteen minutes a night with penalty yeah. kill time. That's yeah. not as what Alex Edler was playing. Alex Edler is playing ten more minutes a game than that. Yes, yeah, so, so you're with gonna, losing Edler. You're not immediately swapping. But, but up you're your also Levy. promoting Rathbone to these. That's the crazy thing. That's role. the harder part. That's the harder guy who's going to have a lot more on his plate now. Is going to be Jack Rathbone out of this. But because with go- Edler gone. They're not gonna go out and find a defenseman who's gonna go out and play twenty two minutes a night for them for cheap. No, not for cheap, so it's but there's going names to be out Jack there. Jack Rathbone is gonna be there. covering a lot of those minutes.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think he's ready for it. I think I think we both are really high on Jack Rathbone. I have been longer than you, I'm just gonna point that out. But uh, you know, a guy like Adam Larson, available on the free agent market, I look at that, no offensive talent at all. Reminds me a lot of Chris Tanev. That's somebody who can play with Quinn Hughes. I really like that idea, and then you have Rathbone to play with Hamanick hopefully because right. we, we were talking about you know it's a point you've kind of you've been beating this drum louder than anybody I think kind of the primary puck mover on a D pairing, and I really like kind of your thinking on that with Hamanick playing a similar role to the, what he did with Hughes last year doing it with Rathbone because those are two similar defensemen right so and that's the
1: only thing with with Tyler Myers that really makes his defense core so hard is like Tyler Myers can't play with with Quinn Hughes Have you seen that? Well, it's bad. You saw the article that I put together. Like, the the way that they played, they played a decent amount of minutes last year together. Three goals for when they were on the ice together as a pairing. 14 goals against with Quinn Hughes and Tyler Myers together. Just horrible numbers. You don't want Tyler Myers playing with Jack Rathbone. You could see in the short amount of time that they played together last year that that's not how you get the best out of Jack Rathbone because Tyler Myers always wants to move the puck up the ice. So who makes sense with Tyler Myers? Oleo Levy makes sense with Tyler Myers because Oleo Levy can be that stay-at-home defenseman that he's going to evolve into in the what? NHL level. He's going to be that guy who can <laughs> oh play in your gosh. bottom four pairing, and he's going to be a defensive player. That's what he like, needs to be with Tyler Myers. Can we
0: put some sort of bet, like some sort of wager that Oleo Levy plays under 100 NHL games?
1: Yep. Okay. I like, would take that.
0: Okay. What are we doing? What are he we He was
1: drafted too high to not play 100 NHL okay. games. Okay.
0: Well, okay. You know what? Maybe he... How many games are in a season? No, under 200, because he might play this whole season because the Canucks are going to be at such shambles. But he'll play under 200. Give he, me
1: 160. That's two NHL nope, full seasons. 200. He's he's already at like 28 or something. Okay, well then 175. Deal. He'll play over 175 he'll games. Play that's, under. that's a round of golf and, uh, and parallel street kitchen. Yes, lunch. which
0: you should go check out, by the way. What's the address? Uh,
1: 1940 Triumph Street. 19, 1950. 1950 Triumph Street. Go yeah. check out the parallel 49. You go to 1940. Kitchen. You'll see it.
0: Yeah, you'll see it's a huge it. Building. We we sent you in the ballpark range. We got you close. But yeah, by the way, we're going what you were soon. saying? Yeah, we are. I'm pretty excited for that. What you were saying when you just said uh when you brought up Tyler Myers playing with Jack Rath. But when we had Aiden McDonough on the show last week, we were interviewing him and I asked him about the uh the McDavid and Drysdale two on one. And he goes, Yeah, like I don't even know how he got stuck on a two on one against <laughs> McDavid and Drysdale, And I really badly wanted to chime in and be like, Well, he's he was on a pairing with uh Tyler Myers. But then if he laughed, then people would be like, Oh, he hates his teammates. We so, would have had to cut that. Yeah, yeah. we would have <laughs> had to cut that. But I I uh, I held back there. But yeah, it was like that that's why he ended up on a two on one. By the way, I think Tyler Myers is gonna have a big year next year.
1: I think Ole Levy's going to have a big year next year.
0: Look at us, just arguing over like the two worst defensemen on the team. Yeah. What's, what's next, Jalen Chatfield? We're, we're high on Jalen Chatfield to no, come I back. Don't, I don't and, think anyone's
1: high on Jalen I don't know Chaffield.
0: if Jalen Chatfield's coming back. And another guy, friend of the show, I think his time's done with the Canucks, Brogan Rafferty. Getting married next month. Getting married next month. Proposed on an ice rink, which is very fitting.
1: But uh, yeah, I don't think Brogan Rafferty's coming back. I, I don't, don't think he's so, very either. happy with this situation. It's going to be interesting to see who the Canucks have as their seventh, eighth defenseman next year. I mean, you Oscar look at what Fentenberg. they have right now signed. Madison Bowie's an option. After yeah. that, it's Jet Wu is an option. No, they don't even they're have, signing somebody. You know what? They don't even have Oli Levy under contract for next season.
0: Mm, it's yeah, an
1: RFA. They're gonna have they're gonna have to sign somebody. But you know, seventh men are out there, right? Like right. And I think the defenseman that they are gonna sign needs to be a guy that can play with Tyler Myers, right? Because, like you said, you can't play Tyler Myers with Myers. You can't play him with Rathbone. And they probably are going to make Yo Levy the seventh defenseman next year if they're able to sign someone.
0: You said you can't play Tyler Myers with Myers. You meant yeah, Hughes. Hughes, yeah. Right. But you know another name that I'm looking at, and you know this is just you know you see that tweet that went viral a couple days ago is like guys can just sit in a room and throw out names of of uh, sports players and be happy. That's literally what we're doing right Call now. Call the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Radko Gudas. That is yeah, a you've name. Been on that one for a while. I have been on the Radko Gouda stream for a while. Hell, even Luke Shen, you're looking, for a, right, seventh, yeah, but looking with, for a seventh looking for a seventh D-man, go after Luke Shen. He's right handed, though. So is yeah, But then that's I mean, that's a guy that you're looking to play with Quinn Hughes,
1: right? Yeah. I like your Larson, but I think Larson is gonna be pretty expensive. Yeah, Larson probably is. You know, a lot more expensive than Hamnik. And, and that's the thing. It's like Haminick, like I, I like the idea of Hamnik coming back, but it's not like he was good.
0: No, he wasn't. He He wasn't spectacular. With with Quinn
1: Hughes. He was better near the end of the season, but but still not much better. You look at Quinn Hughes'
0: defensive numbers, it look, man, like nothing crazy changed about Quinn Hughes' game from his rookie year when he was playing with Chris Tanev. And you know, Tanev didn't get a
1: never been a good defensive player unless he's been on the ice with Elias Pettersson. Yeah. That's that's what happens. When Quinn Hughes plays with the best line on the Canucks, their defense is great because the puck's not in their own zone. But yeah. you look at Quinn Hughes' numbers away from Elias Pettersson, you'll see this in the article that I'm going to come out on Saturday, the second part of Back to the Future. I think our last one, too. Yeah, for we've got a, a lot of yeah. stuff moving on here uh, for the next few weeks. But, yeah, like Quinn Hughes, just, like, I think it was like 40% expected goal control when he's away from Pettersson. So, like, he's getting scored on it. He's always been getting scored on it. It's not like last year was just, like, a this, this shocking moment that Quinn Hughes wasn't great defensively. He's going to bounce back next year. Yeah, Brad exactly. Hunt's going to be interesting to see what what yes. he can bring, right? Yep. I mean, like, that's a massive shift in what Brad you're going to have a guy Brad do. Shaw, Brad, yeah. Why do I say Brad? Oh, Brad Hunt's the defenseman, I think, who the Canucks might want to target for the AHL team. Okay. Local kid. Brad um, Shaw. Brad Shaw, yeah. How did I forget that? I forgot the, the football. Terry, game, right? just remember Terry. That's right. And I just watched The Blind Side last night as I was making Great meatballs. Great movie. Great yeah, movie. Good movie. I was making meatballs. and. Did you I'll remember you the anything, meatballs? No, I didn't bring you any. I, I Well, I had a lot. I had to get the girlfriend got priority over you. Uh, she got the meatballs enough. first. Uh, I had to have some for dinner tonight. So we ran out of meatballs just in total for you. But man... I started those meatballs at about 630 and we had dinner at 930. It was a long process putting those things. I forget how, and this is what I do. I make these meatballs and they're so damn good. And then I f- remember how, how painstaking the time is and how long it takes to make these meatballs and like. Put them together. I, I put them in the air fryer this time. Mm-hmm. Probably not the right decision. They cooked too hot in the air fryer. They they all oh. exploded pretty much. Oh, not like crazy amounts. So I like I went a little bit lower for after the, the first batch. All of them exploded like crazy. Wow. So I was like, damn. So I got to do it in the oven because it's just like a slower, not as hard cook. Almost, you know. So they don't so they don't explode in the oven as much. But these ones exploded pretty hard. Uh, anyways. Defense core is what we were talking about a little bit. That's right. We can probably move on from that. I think we spent the time on the Adler. We spent some time on uh, Oliu Levy, of course. Um, I mean, like that's like let's just touch on it. Like, where do you think they add a player if they don't add Hamnick? Like, if they don't get Hamnick back, and that's a very possible thing because we've seen the way that this team is, is struggles to juggle not just. You know, they struggle to juggle one ball at times when Jim Benning's running a lot of these things and everything's happening for him, but you throw a second ball in there, there's no chance. He's no Niels Hugland or Elias Pettersson on a unicycle. Like, it's a struggle for him to have multiple things going on at once, and right now look at what's going to happen over the next 10 days. It is madness for us. Like that's why a lot of this, like we've been saying, like a lot of emergency podcasts will probably be coming out here soon because it's expansion draft. It's NHL draft. It's day two of the draft. It's free agency. Like there is so much about to happen right now. And the fact that the Canucks haven't been able to get ahead on certain things, Scares me a little bit. I think that something that they really had the door wide open to do, and everyone was banging the drum for it for a long time, was like go out and get one of these guys that a, t- that a team is going to lose for nothing that can really help your team next year. Like if the Canucks were to go out and get some of these wingers that are going to be picked up by Seattle, one of those guys could have played with Pedersen and Besser on the first line instead of making you know potentially Vasily Podkolzin and Niels Huglander go up to that line, put a lot of pressure on a young kid. You could have got a guy who's been around the NHL for a few years that could have gone on that line. And we haven't seen it happen. And you know what? Maybe at the end of this episode, we have to add something on because it happens late Friday night. But I don't know if it's going to happen. They really had a wide open door here to add because it's like, who are they losing? You know, we're, we're In the second half, we're going to touch more about the expansion list. But who are they losing? Zach McEwen, Jonah Gajevich. It sounds like Cole Lynn's going to be protected, which yeah. I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, it sounds like Matthew Highmore is going to be protected as well, which is... You know, that's saying a lot. Um, we'll get into it in the second half about the expansion list, but, like, it's just it's too bad they couldn't get ahead of it once again. I think a lot of people had some hope they could go out and add a player. You heard Thomas drant say Mason Appleton's name every 45 seconds on the van on the cast, but, you know, they, they couldn't go out and get this guy. Unless, unless we're talking about it at the end of this episode in the bonus <laughs> content, like I said. But Friday at 6 o'clock or whatever it is right now, 5.30, we you know, they haven't been able to pull the trigger on something when the door was just wide open there for them to go out and make an ad.
0: Yeah. That's the thing is like, we've, we've just seen that so many GMs are so like they've learned their lesson, man. Nobody's Bob Murraying it up in here anymore. Like everybody has learned their lesson. Teams are looking at it and saying, look, we're going to lose a player to Seattle. But when hindsight is 2020, some of these moves are going to look really bad. See Theodore comma i So I'll, I'll just leave it there. But, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I just think, you know, when, when we say the door's wide open, we don't know if it is because there really
1: wasn't any deals made. So smart GMs, the good teams. So, no Colorado GM is smart. Got, Colorado went out and made a good move with Ryan, Ryan, Graves, Graves, that's, Ryan Graves. That's the only one, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, but that's a good, good addition for them to them to kind of sure. make that move and, and move forward. I just it.
0: want to touch on that real quick. If you're New Jersey, why are you making that trade?
1: I mean, Ryan Graves looked pretty strong in the playoffs. Though. Great. But and he's a guy who can play with your strong right shot defenseman. Fantastic.
0: But, like, but that doesn't put New Jersey anywhere near contention. Like, New Jersey had two...
1: Graves can play both sides, though. Like, he's he's a nice addition.
0: Sure. I, I, I don't disagree. But do they have a bunch more up their sleeve? Because they're just... They're nowhere near being a playoff team next year.
1: Yeah. It's that. It was an interesting one for for New Jersey's standpoint, I think.
0: Two first 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 overall pick centers... And they can't figure it out in New Jersey. Yeah, like that's a shame. It is. Luke it is. Hughes going to be the next uh, next devil. Mark my words. So
1: I'm thinking he falls to the Canucks, man. I'm thinking Luke think Hughes does. lands with the Canucks. Do you think the Canucks take him at nine? Yeah, they don't pass on him at nine because all the other names will be gone at that point. I think, unless there's I think a you real. Piss off team. the Hughes family if you pass on
0: Luke oh, Hughes yeah, at nine. It's like
1: I, I think at that point you're looking as, like Hughes or Wallstead. You don't take maybe Lucelle is still there, but I think you're taking. I think Hughes he's or there. Lucel. I've
0: heard. I've heard. Uh, uh, isn't it? Lucell Lucel. when I asked him. He's so, he's fallen when He was on the show and said his name. Yes, he's fallen a lot. <laughs> yeah. On on people's draft boards. I think right. it was Cam Robinson the reporter. Yeah, that. and
1: I mean, he had a fine U18s. He had a good U18s. Yeah, it's is strange that he's fallen, but I think a lot of people are you know, he, even on this show when he was on the show, very confident kid. Borderline cocky. Probably cocky actually. You know, he's very confident in what he can bring to a team. Uh we obviously heard about some problems with him in the SHL with his coach. Um, but he's confident. He's a confident kid. He got traded early on in his SHL career. So yeah, there's some question marks about him for sure. There's some question marks about a few of these prospects from what I've heard, but uh, we'll get, we're going to get to the expansion draft a little bit more in the second half. I think we'll throw to an ad break right now. Uh, and like I said, man, it's, it's been a jam packed first half of this uh, episode. we got a lot more to talk to talk about on the second half of the episode. So we'll throw to a quick ad break right now and we'll see you guys on the other side. All right, folks, that's right. We got a new ad finally here for Parallel 49 Beer. You want to get down to the street kitchen, folks. It's more than just a street kitchen now. Now it is a full-on beer gardens. Absolutely beautiful. You've seen Quads and I tweeting about it. The food's amazing. A ton of beers on tap. Quads as well. You've had uh, not only beers, but what other drinks did you like there? had the Muddler's Pink Lemonade. That was very good. You need to go get the
0: food, though. The food at the Parallel 49 Street Kitchen, ridiculous. What did we eat that one day? Poutine? cheeseburger, well, I ate it all, waffle fries, and then we got those Korean barbecue wings.
1: Yeah, the spicy chicken burger, that's my go-to, but what you do, a little trick for everyone, you swap out the jalapenos for their pickled cucumbers. Very, very good. Highly recommend that. That's down at 1950 Triumph Street off an East Van that's Parallel 49 at 1950 Triumph Street. Check them out in East Van and go down and try some beers and be sure to get some food down on that beautiful patio.
0: The pandemic and a slow economy are making it tough on a lot of people to find steady, good-paying work. But one industry is bucking that trend. Construction companies are hiring and need more workers than ever before. Upload your resume to icba.ca and get noticed. With more than 3,000 employers on our ICBA team, our employment network can connect you to businesses crewing up for the 2021 construction season. Trades jobs that pay well, offer excellent benefits, invest in safety training, and give a firm career foundation. Check out icba.ca slash jobs.
1: Squish beverage, my new favorite drink of the summer, absolutely crushable, the right drink to bring down to the beach, the right drink to bring down to the river, camping, whatever you're doing this summer. Squish is the beverage for you. They have original hard seltzers and a bunch of different flavors, but the lemonade ones, those are my favorite quads. Me too. I can drink more than one of those. They're crushable. Which is good. So when you go down to the beach, you're bringing how many? More than one. More than one. Unlike last time. Absolutely. This is the hard seltzer for you. This is the hard seltzer for summer. Go out and try a squish. You can find the original flavors of hard seltzer at BC liquor stores. But if you want to do a little bit of digging, that's where you're going to find the lemonades, my favorite. And you can find those at private liquor stores all across British Columbia. And a big thank you to all of our sponsors, as always, for supporting us here at the Canucks Conversation. Uh, like we said earlier in the show, we're getting back to that parallel kitchen here pretty dang soon here. Pretty excited for it. Very excited for that. Uh, so uh, we're going to dive into the expansion draft a little bit, Quads. We heard some rumors today that Cole Lynn was going to be protected by the Vancouver Canucks. I love that news. I think that exposing Cole Lynn would have been a mistake, and I think it would have been an easy decision for the Seattle Kraken to select. And now... I, I don't know who they're going to select at this point, right? Like, is it, are the Canucks last, the final spot that they're going to protect? Do you think it's Matt Highmore? Do you think it's Zach McEwen? Or do you think it's Jonah Gadjevich out of those three? Because that's kind of what it's coming down to now at this point. We we know, like, if 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 the rumors are true about Colin being protected, which I really hope they are, I think he's the most valuable of that four players yeah. there. The final one is going to be Zach McEwen, Matt Highmore, or Jonah Gadgevich. Highmore. It's got to be Highmore. I think it's Highmore as well. I think the fact that Jim Benning traded Adam Gaudet for yeah. him is is like the nail in the coffin. Buddy, listen, check them.
0: I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna do it next year. I'm not saying this was indicative of anything that he's gonna be capable of doing going forward. But didn't didn't Matthew Highmore score like four goals in eight games or something absolutely ridiculous like that playing in the Canucks bottom six? Yeah, he's trusted defensively, man. He was playing in the top six. Zach McEwen's not trusted defensively. It's just a, the fact of the matter. All, with all due respect to him, yeah, all due respect to Jonah Gadjovich, it's
1: Matthew Highmore and colland Yeah, and the and the names that came in, Highmore probably was the most impressive. I mean, I think Howarlock looked fine at times throughout the season, but I think Highmore was the one who impressed defensively the most out of that group of you know of misfit toys that landed in Vancouver's forward group last year.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm just looking at
0: like the expansion tool and everything, and wanting to you know, get it together and you know, actually have what what they're actually going to protect because by the time this comes out, and I guess it won't be submitted. It's submitted Saturday evening. So some people listening to this Oh, is it? Yeah, I think it's okay. Maybe
1: Eastern time. So it might even be I can't I can't remember. Whatever.
0: Regardless. Some people listening to this in the wee hours of Saturday morning, the early hours of Saturday morning are going to be um not knowing what we're talking about and not having the list in front of them, but we're just trying
1: to imagine what it would be. And I think probably guess it pretty quick. I mean, you got Brock Besser, you got Elias Patterson, yeah. you got Bo Horvat, JT Miller, uh, Colin's the name we've heard, Tanner Pearson's the other name, and then the seventh is what we said probably High Moore. Yeah. So those are our seven. Yeah. And Dollywall reported that Lynn's getting protected. So. Right. Which is good to hear. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, you're like, that's the thing that makes me to, to go back to the, you know, as we're going to continue on with the expansion talk a little bit, because that's kind of the big story going into the Saturday is does Holby make even more sense to pick than a Zach McEwen or a Jonah Gadgevich? Like, I think that Holby makes a lot more sense for Seattle to pick. And that's why I don't know if the Canucks need to talk about retaining salary or anything, because they're not taking Madison Bowie. He's not he's not pushing the needle at all. Out of those players that are available for the like for Seattle to select, if they look at the Vancouver Canucks and say they're like the Canucks are the first team they select from, which they won't be because Vancouver is like very low on the priority list for adding an actual player to their group. But like if you're gonna say which guy do you want on your team, and it's Zach McEwen, Jonah Gadgevish, Madison Bowie, and Braden Holtby, it makes a lot of sense to go with Holtby. That's why I don't know if there needs to be salary retention. I think the it's Canucks. Expose list is so bad that it almost makes you have to take a bad deal in Braden Holtby.
0: But I, I don't think they want to take on the full weight of that contract. And you can't make like you can't retain salary on an expansion pick. That's not how it works. Right. So I, I don't think so, man. I, I, I still think it's a side deal for Holtby. That's my opinion.
1: And it would be very Benning esque to. To force a deal when there's a potential for, a for it to happen.
0: No, I don't think it's gonna happen, man. I don't think so he's they're just forcing like anything.
1: Waving the white flag on Vancouver and taking Zach McEwen because he could yeah. maybe play in the NHL. I think so. I think that's what you do if you're Seattle.
0: Oh, I almost sore there. Uh Vegas Vegas took Lucas Pisa. That was the ultimate addition by subtraction for the Canucks, right. right? And it's kind of a similar thing with that all those all that dead weight in the bottom six, right? And then like I don't know. I I think if you're Seattle, you have more value by taking Holtby because you... Okay, if you're Seattle looking at this situation, okay? And this is why this makes sense for both teams. If you're Seattle looking at this situation, you get a goaltender on a fair contract because Vancouver has retained some salary. And you're getting some veteran leadership as well if you go out and get a Roussel. And Roussel could play in the Kraken bottom six. That's true. Right? If they're selecting Roussel... In the expansion draft, of course, that's what I'm saying here. Um, they're not going to do that unprompted, but if they're getting Holby and the Canucks are taking some of Holby's deal back for one year, it's just one year, and you and I have been beating this drum, you a lot more than me, about how important next offseason is for the Canucks and how much cap space they have coming off the books next off season and how vital that's going to be for the club moving forward. I think that plays into this plan. And when we talk about how the front office doesn't have a plan and it doesn't seem like they're following any sort of plan, it's the no plan plan, as our friend Ray Ferraro called it, that looks like some forward thinking and some actual planning that you're going out, giving up a goaltender, retaining some salary, biting the bullet on a bad contract you signed for one year, and hey... It's a not a. It's a champagne problem. The only reason you have this problem is because Thatcher Demko is so damn good yeah. that you don't even need a one B. Mikey DiPietro could back up right now and be absolutely fine.
1: But here's the thing: what you just said sounds great, right? Well, you just said that sounds great to me. That sounds awesome. If that was, if everything that you just said in the last minute was what's happening, that sounds great. But if the Canucks are giving up a second round pick, I'd rather bite the bullet. What about third? I mean, a third would get me more into the conversation. Okay, if it's well, a third, fourth. I have more time for it, but I'm not giving up a top 50 pick for that.
0: Yeah, okay, that's In fair.
1: a very stacked 2022
0: draft. What if you What if you also are able to throw on Louis into the deal, though?
1: How much do you value your second, Chris? I tell you what, if you're getting rid of Louis, that's a lot of money for this year for this team to improve. I don't think a second's getting even close to that. Yeah. Unless you're retaining Especially like 50% in the same division. of Holtby. Yeah. Yeah, they're not doing that for Louis. But I do think that you – I think you have a good point with – if it's Roussel or Beagle, I think there is something there. Yeah. Because because those two guys play for them. Not so much Beagle. I They'll think play minutes. They
0: will play minutes. Or but Beagle... I think you're
1: a lot more happy with Roussel. Yeah, I think Roussel would be the guy in that spot. And I think that it's a guy who really helps the room in Roussel, right? A lot of people like Antoine yeah. Roussel in the room. We like Antoine Roussel in the room. But that's the thing that like, when I see it, like McEwen just doesn't do anything for the NHL team. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe he's your tough guy in the fourth round. Which is why I'm saying. But they're going to have so many bottom six guys. It's going to be so hard for him to crack in.
0: Exactly. So Roussel. Roussel, Okay, so Roussel helps the Kraken. We've determined that. But he doesn't help them at that contract unless Seattle's getting something out of it. So he's not going to get selected unprompted. Like Seattle's not going to walk up to the stage and select Antoine Roussel. Who knows? Maybe they do.
1: But they probably won't, right? If the Canucks, though, like on Holtby's deal, if they protect 1.3 million. That's six million dollars total of what the what the Kraken are taking in. I don't think they're doing that for a third round pick. Yeah, you're probably right. That's a lot for a third round pick. I just don't see this deal really coming to fruition. I think the way that you make this happen is if Seattle actually just wants Holby, which they do, like that's been reported by Dolly, Wall and Drance. Well, then even if there's a like if there's a sweetener to go into that in like a fifth round pick then okay, but if not, I think you just bite the bullet. Because I think this deal gets too complicated and starts to cost the Canucks a lot when they really need to hold on to every single asset they have. Fair. And you're not getting anything back from it. And I don't think you're getting rid of $6 million. And that's, you know, that's including protect or taking some of Holby's money back, like I said. You know, you're, not, you're still giving up the full $3 million on Roussel. You're still going to have to, you know, give up three million on Holtby after you protect one point three. That's six million dollars. I don't think they're. I what don't if think you this retain Roussel. Close. What if you retain fifty well, on you Holtby can't and, because he's the one that you're giving up in the ooh, expansion, right. right? So that's the thing. It's there's too many crossing webs here that make this deal too much for me to think it's possible to happen. And if I think it's too much to possibly happen, what's Jim Benning thinking about? Hey man,
0: he's got Hank and Danny now. Those are two two very that's very smart, smart guys. guys. If they're listening to this, they're already they're like laughing at you right now for not being able to follow along here. Yeah,
1: well, they've yeah. already thought of three different trade proposals. Absolutely, the next general managers, them and RJ down in uh, Abbotsford, they're all talking about it. Well, why don't we get to Abbotsford now? Sure, go uh, ahead. Unless there's anything else you kind of want to add to expansion, I feel like we've covered it. Plus, like we're gonna know more on Saturday uh, at noon or three o'clock, whenever it comes out, uh, uh, we'll know more on Saturday about it. I'm I'm glad to hear though in the end because I've talked about this for a long time. I'm really glad they're protecting Colin if that's the truth. Yeah. You know, I was okay. ready. I was ready to text Cole and be like, enjoy Seattle. Cause he was going to be the guy that they were going to select. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you leave Linda, unprotected, You're probably, yeah. I think he's the obvious one to pick out of that. Most group. upside. So we'll see in the end. I think it's just going to be McEwen. Let's just, let's give our thoughts on what happens. In the, I think it's just McEwen that gets picked in the expansion draft. I think he gets exposed, and I think Zach McEwen gets selected. I don't think the Canucks poll side deals. I, I hope it's Holtby. I hope it's somehow just Holtby's gone, even if it's a, a late-round pick to sweeten the deal because they're already interested, and it's a big cap move for them to take it. I think that's good, but in the end, I think it's just going to be Zach McEwen that gets selected. Yeah, I agree with you. There was just a trade. We should talk about it. Right, and by the way, we missed the Detroit... Uh, trade with the Islanders as well. Seems like it might that's, be... Uh, that's what I'm about to bring oh, up. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, oh, There was another one. <laughs> no, that's it.
0: So Detroit trades... Richard Panic. sorry. I was going to say, I know it. If you <laughs> to, like, not A it. 2021 second-round pick that they got from Edmonton for this year's draft. Wow. And they give up... Oh, my gosh. And they get Nick Letty back. Like, just reading this out loud... It's a bad trade. Like, it's an awful trade for Detroit. And this is what Reese Jessup, uh, old uh, managing editor at Canucks Army, tweeted. Detroit got the worst player, at its salary and cap liabilities, paid futures, and ensured they'd lose a better defender to Seattle. There's literally no upside to this deal for them. And it's hard to disagree with him on that.
1: Yeah, and now they protect them. In the draft, obviously they just gave up a second round pick and panic for him. It's uh, that one's a that's a head scratcher. I hope that maybe that like Stevie why? what is you doing? I think that, that that trade might be the one that sparks the market where it's like you know maybe maybe in the general manager panics a little bit or you know you know and no pun intended there with panic being traded in the trade, but like maybe a, a general manager kind of this sparks a little bit. I think we might like I have a feeling we're going to be recording something extra to add on to this episode tonight. Like I late, t- late right. Friday night. There's a lot night. going on. Well, I'm getting like I gotta go work the C's game, uh, Vancouver Canadians game for six fifty. That's tonight. the most important thing going on in this market right now. Canadians game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tyler Zickel crushes it on the play. CJ
0: Van Eyck on the uh,
1: hill tonight. Mm, maybe I don't follow the team. I just go <laughs> and press the buttons to make sure it's on the air. Um, but um, okay, let's let's get off the expansion draft a little bit here and move into the Abbotsford talk now. Um, I think uh, I think Trent Call won some people over today, Quads, and I think you might have been one of them. I've been telling you, you know, he's he's a lot of fun in the interviews, and I seen him. He's looking, was he rocking the full beard? Because like yeah. he had a nasty yeah. mustache last year. He's got yeah, he's got some beard it up, but uh, maybe just your initial thoughts. You were on the whole call. What did you uh, smart dude what you think of the call with Call? Sharp, sharp individual,
0: um, very articulate. I got a lot out of him. I was surprised uh, about Di Pietro and Silovs and. You know, he talked about Jim Benning's input in the goalie situation and how, you know, they have to balance developing Archer Silovs and Cull admitted he hasn't really talked to Archer's before. Um, but... Well, he's a Latvia guy. Yeah, and the the work that Curtis is doing with these goalies, and, you know, they get input from Ian, he said. Obviously, RJ's heavily involved, um, you know, and they have Curtis and everybody. Like, he he said, like, it's really a organizational decision with the goalies like it's not just calls calling the shots of who who gets to play and who doesn't and how they want to do this but look it's no secret mikey didn't get a lot of games last year neither did archers but the canucks need mikey more than they need archers like they need mikey to develop and get to a point where he could be the backup by the halfway point next year like let's say let's say they lose Holtby. Uh, in the Throughout the expansion draft process Because I don't want to say in the expansion draft Because who knows he probably won't get selected It'll be a trade But they lose Holtby this offseason They're probably going into next year Looking at bringing in a backup This isn't a year ago When the checkbooks were put away and they were like, no, we can keep this kid on the taxi squad and only pay him 70,000 instead of this goaltender, this, this journeyman who we're going to have to pay 200 to 700,000. I'll let, I'll take the kid who I only have to pay 70 grand. That's what, that's what happened last year. And we, we talked about it. We alluded to it a lot. I don't know if we flat out said it like that, but yeah, uh, yeah that that's what happened last year. That's not going to be the case coming up this year. You can go out and get a journeyman goaltender. The checkbooks are out. So, you know, you, you come in, maybe Louis Domingue's
1: your backup, right? I'm just throwing names out there. Um, I think the big thing is you want to get a guy who makes $1.5 million tops because then you bury him in the NHL exactly. if Di Pietro pushes. Exactly. Then he's only $600,000. Exactly. exactly. And you're saving money with with Mikey coming up making, I think, 871000 yeah. 871, yep. something yep. like that. So I think, we're, I think we're at a point next year where, yeah, you know, RJ told me on uh, in the interview that I had one-on-one, uh, Ryan Johnson, who said that, you know, DiPietro could play 50 games next year yep. for the AHL team. He probably doesn't get to that point because if he's playing that much and he's playing that well to deserve playing that much, he's got to be pushing for the NHL in the exact same way Thatcher Demko He
0: did. is still young. I think... Now, I'm not reporting anything. I think internally... The Canucks want to see DiPietro have at least one more full season in the AHL before they call him up. But I think there's a breaking point and a turning point for everybody. And I think if his workload and his work at the AHL level is completely undeniable, I think by the halfway point, I don't think we see him come into next year as the backup if Holtby's
1: gone. I think Ian Clark's pretty high on DiPietro. I think so too. I think, I think Ian look, Clark has a big, big say. Especially yes. now with his expanded role. Yeah. I think he has a big, big say who's the backup goaltender. And if you're I at agree. the halfway point and D Pietro's ripping it up in the AHL. But I think Ian Clark would agree with me that
0: it's probably better for Mikey's development into getting to a point where he can be a consistent NHL backup and eventually developing into a starter. It's probably better for his development to play that
1: one more season or at least half a season in the AHL, playing a ton of games. I would say, I would say, if you're looking for Mikey to be the starter and be the and like win the starting role, yes, but you got Demko locked in for that five year deal. I think that you're getting a lot of experience at the NHL level and seeing NHL shots, being around NHL players, having practices every single time with NHL players and NHL shots. If you're just the backup and you're going to be probably the backup for the next you know, five years, I think you, I think you gain a lot in a similar way having him be at the NHL level than you do having being a starter at the AHL. Yeah, but nothing, nothing beats game action. The biggest difference that you hear from a lot of these guys is the speed of the game, the speed of the players, and the shots. For goaltenders, it's all about the shots. And there's a big difference between AHL shots and NHL shots. No, the way not. that... Yeah, the no, way that the puck not. comes off the stick of these guys... <laughs> it's not yeah. a huge difference to the point where Di Pietro
0: playing three games every month in the NHL is better than him playing, you know, 13 in the AHL. I, I fully disagree with that. And I think Woodley and...
1: Ian Clark would agree with me. No, that's why I don't agree with Woodley on it. I think, <laughs> well, no, I'm just like if I'm looking at, I get what you're saying. No, I get what you're saying. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to dismiss. There's a what reason you're why Jack Rathbone came into the AHL and looked outstanding because I yeah. haven't seen a defenseman shoot the puck like that the whole season. Yeah, in the AHL, you know, there's a reason why Reed Boucher's shot stuck out so much, sure. and doesn't stick out in the NHL because yeah. there is a huge drop off. KHL is a better shooting league than the AHL. You know, and the NHL, you look at every single player in the NHL, they snap it a lot better than the NHL yeah, players, they do. man. You're like right. I I think of Will Lockwood's shot compared to, you know, Nils Huglander's shot. Yeah. Very different, very uh, very like very broad difference between the shot. I think there's a huge difference between seeing the way the puck comes off an or stick compared That's to fair. an NHLer. Yeah. I think it's a big difference. I
0: just don't think it's
1: a big enough difference to warrant Mikey being a backup right away. But like you're you're saying 13 games. He'll play. That's a lot in a month for DiPietro. That's, that's that's probably more than the, the Abbotsford team has in a month. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Like, they would have... Well, you probably going f- to back up three games in the NHL a month. Be like, you know,
0: two or three.
1: Yeah, you'd probably get one or two back-to-backs. You might get another start in there. You get one for sure, because you probably have a back-to-back each month, maybe two. Maybe another start in there. Yeah, it would be tough for him to get to, to three, two or three, you'd have to say. But for him to be like, that's the thing that's going to be really interesting with Abbotsford next year is a lot of their games because of the California format or Pacific Division. It used to be called the California Division, Pacific Division now. But the format's going to be Friday, Saturday, games, Wednesday as well. Like Or Wednesday, Thursday are going to be the midweek games. But Friday, Saturday are going to be the weekend games. How many back-to-backs is Mikey playing next year? If RJ wants to, if RJ said like, you know, he would play Friday night, be at the rink the next day, first guy at the rink, ready to go, and he'd be, he said to be giving them those eyes, like I'm getting the start tonight, right? I'm getting back to back start. I think that's going to be interesting to watch how much he gets those back to back.
0: I also think, and this is again not reporting anything. I also think that from a branding perspective, the Canucks want Mikey and Abbotsford. Like if they're trying to sell season tickets, and you're trying to sell. Like, what, what are you selling? Jet Wu are, like, we're the only ones hyped. Wu, a- Wu's easy to look, sell, man. We're the only ones hyped about Jet Wu right now. Come on. Yeah. Like, you're not, you're not putting Jet Wu across
1: the Abbotsford
0: Center and getting people in. I
1: think you are. I think Wu's going to be a guy that, man, every time Wu does something, the whole crowd's going to go, more nuts people
0: for Wu. are going to be excited about the star goaltender selected in the second round than the defenseman who's starting to look like he could maybe be something in the second round. I love Jet Wu. You know, wished me a happy, wish me a happy, uh, 10th tenth. Tenth birthday. Yeah. Big one oh. Um but yeah, like I, I, I look at that situation and I think Mikey is the more marketable player. And yeah. I think you're if you're gonna you're, see Mikey
1: in the community the exactly, way that he is in interviews. Exactly. He's from
0: stuff, right? a yeah, so from a pure organizational standpoint, I think it benefits you more. Like not only does it benefit Mikey as a player, right? To play in the AHL, it also benefits your organization as a whole.
1: But do you get to a point where this is starting to wear him out, you know? If this team is getting Thirty five to forty shots against him on Friday well, and then you put another one. Sea loves, loves has to develop two. I don't think he's getting that's worn what I'm saying. down. All all the weekend games are gonna be back to backs. Yes, so, so you get sea in there. That's a perfect how often, situation. Though? In a month, if you have four back to backs, yeah. how many does sea get? Like all of them. All the second legs of the back to backs, you put sea loves in. What's the issue? So uh, no, I, but that's what I'm asking. I thought you said that you were expecting Mikey to play back to backs. Because I am. no, no, no. I I'm think he might Mikey play to play back to back. Yeah,
0: he might, but you you also have to say, manage like, his workload. Two of growth. the
1: four in a month, Mikey's playing back to back Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because you want to sell tickets. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying like that's the way I think Mikey. Well, for for that reason too, but okay. I think for another reason of like that is the player that Mikey wants to be. Okay. Okay. And so, I think when you start to see Mikey playing this amount of back to backs, that's what's going to be like. Damn this this kid's ready for the next thing. Sure,
0: I agree. That's why I'm saying I don't think you start him in the NHL at the start of the year. I agree with you, yeah. but I, I don't think the workload's going
1: to be like what. What's your question to me? Are you asking if the workload's going to be no, hard for him? I was just asking like, do you expect to see like a month where Celos plays one or two games in a whole month? I hope like, not. is that what Mikey's going to be getting for his workload? And does the sure workload. Sure sounds like it. Does it ever get to be too much, though? If he's facing 35 shots Friday, 35 well, shots Saturday. That's
0: why you have a guy like Chris Sanford boots on the ground right there because he can tell when it's becoming well, Andy too and much. And Dean Clark
1: boots on the ground, too. Sure,
0: exactly. Yeah. But, you know, when, like, look, okay, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to share a sure story. Uh, I, I know he won't have a problem with me doing this. I hope he won't have a problem with me doing this. We were in the press box last year and Thatcher Demko was playing a lot and Kevin Woodley goaltending guru just randomly says in the press box, he goes, Thatcher's going to let in a weak goal. Cause he misplayed the puck behind the net. And that's, I, a I sign. Was at that game. you were, yeah. that's a sign of a goaltender starting to lose their, um, I don't, I don't use the word focus, but they're a little fatigued, just a little mental it's mistake. A little bit like sloppier that. than usual. Even Mike, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, Mike Andre Fleury, I almost called him Mark Andre Fleury in the playoffs against M- Montreal. Right. Played a lot. Um, you we know, were but, blown away when that happened with Woodley. Okay, so so let me finish the story. So he says that, and then two seconds, like yeah, literally, it was, it was minutes. A later. minute later, Dashier Demko lets in a week five whole goal. Like it was like clockwork, and everybody was just like, "Holy smokes!" Like, yeah. and Woodley was just basking in the glory, man.
1: I remember Woodley just raising his arms yeah. up, and everyone's looking at him and yelling yeah. at him in the press box. Yeah, because yeah. he times. called it. He's like he because it was a it was a, a mistake that he made. Behind the net, and he said, "You can tell that Mike, that Thatcher's just a little bit sloppy right now, and he's going to let in a back goal." And he did a yeah. minute or two later. I know that crazy. was insane. That was crazy when he did that. Yeah, I hope he doesn't mind us telling that story. If Demko's listening to this, no. he's going to be cursing for I think we might have. I think we might have said on the show before. Yeah, I think you know that's the thing. Like Mikey is going to be the star there. Joe is going to be the star a, there. I had a point
0: here. Okay. I had a point Sorry, with that story. But what I was saying is. If Woodley can tell that from the 500 level, from the encore suites, which were beautiful, by the way, this last season, um, Chris Sanford's going to be able to tell it as well, right? He's going to be able to tell tell when Mikey's getting fatigued. Because if you go down to the locker room after that game and you ask Demko if he's tired, no, 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 I could go. I'm ready to go. I'll play the next game. Mikey's going to be the exact same. These guys don't admit when they're tired. Mm -hmm. It's got to be someone with a keen eye, an eye for goaltenders, telling you when your goaltender needs a break.
1: And let's think about the time that's going to be spaced out here. You play Friday, Saturday. You might you don't play every single Wednesday. Yeah, you know you might have five days off and then two games. Yeah, like that's a lot of time off to get ready to play back to back nights. It's yeah. not the NHL where you play Friday, Saturday, then you're back on Monday, then you're back on Wednesday, and then you're back Friday, Saturday. It's not that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of time for these guys to get their breaks in uh, throughout the season. So it's gonna be interesting to me, like because RJ said it. You know, he ex- he wouldn't be shocked to see Pedro play 50 of 68 games. Yeah, that's a lot of hockey for a, for a lot for a league that plays back to backs is that much. That's a lot of hockey, but it's going to be interesting to see you know the wheels hit the road on this and, and see if they're actually going to play DiPietro that much. Yeah, because he, like you said, he's never going to say no. No, he's not. He's but always going to say that he's ready to go. Fifty
0: games, wasn't that what RJ said? Fifty games. I, maybe he was exaggerating a little bit. But oh, he said,
1: no, he said fifty. <laughs> he did say fifty. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean. I don't have anything else to add to this conversation. There's a lot
1: going on. The last There's thing I wanted stars to say, though, like if you get Cole Lynn down there, he's okay, gonna, be yeah, sure. Dude, nobody, gonna be a star. Nobody,
0: nobody is coming out to see Cole Lynn or Jonah Gajevich when you have Mikey DiPietro. Pietro. People are gonna come see Mikey well, I'm, DiPietro. I'm not
1: arguing that DiPietro. I know Di Pietro is gonna be a star. Kay. I think Sealoves might be another star for this team. If, if that's bold, that if sounds if like something I would say. Well, that's that's what I asked R.J. about it in our interview. I said like two of your biggest stars are gonna be their goaltending. If Sealoves steps up to the level that you know Ian Clark's very high on him. We like I say I say this all the time, but like that first training camp I saw him in Victoria, I was like, wow, there like there is really something here about this kid there that is. that looks like a pro. He, his body type looks like a pro. He moves like a pro. Vasilevsky. He looks yeah like Seeloves. If if he's improved since that time, because I haven't seen him play since Victoria. Yeah, I think I might have seen him at like a practice once. Yeah, yeah, right or a pregame maybe that time. He has improved by the up. way. He has. And if he has improved, I'm excited to see what he's going to do at the HL yeah, level. He's going to be year. good. But, they're going to be there's some players that are going to be exciting for the Canucks fans or Abbotsford fans to go I guess they are Canucks fans Abbotsford Canucks <laughs> fans to go watch and you know it's it, it yeah I'm excited to get that Abbotsford team rolling a little bit here so uh, anything else that you may have taken away because I know you tweeted out some quotes as well and if you want to maybe just like pull them up here quickly on your phone from anything that Trent Cole did bring up but like was there anything else from the the conversation this was You've never been on the Utica calls. You never had like we had. I had the one on one with Trent as well a few months or a month or two ago. Like what did you what did you just think the overall feel from Trent call was aside from the goalie stuff? Because I asked you a question. What was your overall feel and you dove right into goalies as as you usually do.
0: Yeah, he's he seems like you know like I said he's a sharp guy. Seems kind of funny. Seems pretty nice. Uh, we asked him about Jack Rathbone. And he said, "Well, yeah, he played nothing like me, which is a great thing." Uh, and then he was just like, "Yeah, great kid." So he's calling him not learner. tough enough
1: because Trent Cole was yeah. a penalty minute guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he—that's uh, got to be the quote that comes out of there. Yeah, Trent said, Cole says that Jack Rathbone's not tough enough. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.
0: Yeah, introduce him to the market. The the more uh, more the added scrutiny of the Vancouver market, we all just like take everything he says out of context. <laughs> yeah welcome to vancouver man welcome to abby <laughs> he talked about that a little bit actually i believe he was asked about i kind of tuned out you you know you tune out in these zoom calls when it's not your turn I right i do um I'm locked in 100 of the time oh you were driving during the last one you were I'm literally locked in still how were you locked in while driving come on that's
1: a good point yeah, if there's any police officers listening to this. Oh, it was pants free. He go was ticket, a you were holding it. ticket favor. You were holding it. I wasn't <laughs> looking at the video. I was, you're right. I saw yeah. RJ's tan off the start and I said I don't need to see anything more. A little yeah. burnt. It took us like six minutes to get that call off the ground. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we
0: talked about it on the last show. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, okay. So yeah, Trent Cole was actually asked about it. Uh, about the added scrutiny of the market. And if he worries at all about his players and he's like, yeah, I'm not worried about it for myself. Like he's going to be fine. He said, uh, but he's like, yeah, I kind of worry about them. Like they're my sons and he is three sons. I had no clue about that, but yeah. Um, yeah. He said, he said, I kind of worry about them a little bit, um, you know, with the added scrutiny, but honestly, like you're kind of the main prospects guy in the city and i don't think i've like heard you say a bad thing about a prospect like everybody everybody jokes or, like i see these people commenting on your stuff and they're like oh here's another uh here's another favor piece updating us on this guy in the soviet sea league that we yeah. don't know about and you're like this guy could make it and it's like awesome like it's great like it's great prospect coverage i'm not complaining at all well, but it's like so. i i've i haven't heard you like Rip into a prospect, and I don't think that's going to change when they come to Abbotsford.
1: No, I mean it, it's true. I, I'm I'm a little over positive with prospects. <laughs> I've bit. seen the the fanboy favor comments in the Canucks army. Oh, whatever, articles. ignore that. But people the... people
0: call me a fanboy, and then people are like, "Why do you hate the Canucks so much?" And yeah. it's like,
1: pick one. You can't win. You can't win. No, in the you comment can't. Section. Ignore you that. Never can. but yeah, I mean, like, I've heard things about prospects that it might be something worrisome, and I think that that's something that we could talk about a little bit because you're coming to Vancouver. You're a pro hockey player now for the Canucks. There are going to be some players that find themselves in some trouble. I've heard a lot of very good things about a lot of these players. Um, I'll say a couple names that are, you know, very quality individuals. I've heard that Jet Wu is an excellent guy off the ice. Happy um, birthday to me. Yep, happy birthday to you. Also, some of the initiatives that he does off the ice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very impressive for him Um, for donating blood. I know he's a huge supporter of that. Um, and certain things for them. Jack Rathbun, I don't have to say much about him. Yeah. Off the ice, he's incredible He's going to play for the Vancouver Canucks, but yeah. Right. Uh, Mikey DiPietro, obviously, yeah. um, we know about him. But there's, you know, I'm not saying that there's other players that are bad. I'm not saying that. But I've heard things about other players that'll be on this comments team that now that they're going to be Canucks here. team. Whatever. Now that they're going to be here in Abbotsford, this close to Vancouver, big city.
0: There is some added, you're, you're right. There I is some added the spotlight. The exposure
1: in the end is going to be good. For them, like the exposure is going to be good for a lot of these guys to maybe force them to work harder, force them to know there's more pressure, but the exposure is going to hurt some players. I think along the way as well, there Mm. are going to be guys that get caught, you know, if they're just out at a club, you know, if they're going down to a club now in Vancouver, you know, if you see, if you see just, I'll pick a random name. that has gone now because I don't want to single out a name, but say you saw Sven Berchi at the club in Vancouver, you think that picture wouldn't be all over Twitter? And you're not going to see that with the NHL guys because why they're off in their in their mansions, they're off in in hidden areas where they can. They've got a private club, or in their Whistler (laughs) homes, or whatever people said the parties are at. They're off actually having a lot of money and being able to spend it. I have a feeling that these Abbotsford Canucks might be the type of players that would go to the Roxy, would go to some clubs, would go, and that's no problem. These guys are 20 years old, right? Like you're allowed to go out. Why would you leave Abbotsford? Yeah. Joking, yeah, we're gonna see Castle Fun Park is gonna be a night Castle club by Fun the end Park of the Cactus Club at Abbotsford. Yeah. It's gonna be lit in there. There will be a lot of there will be a lot of Abbotsford Canucks at the Cactus Club out there. Maybe I might even see some at the Arby's post game. We'll see what's going the on with Arby's that. because what I found with uh, with the maps the other day was it's perfect. My drive because I'm in White Rock area, I don't go on Highway One. I take like 16th for anybody who knows. I'll be taking 16th the whole way into Abbotsford, which isn't even a highway. It's just like a farm road, sort of. It's kind of like parallel to the border, pretty yeah, close yeah. to the border, because that's kind of where I live. And yeah, it's it's like I take that way, I go right by the Arby's to get to the Abbotsford Center. <laughs> like I I had a feeling that it was going to be on the way. I didn't know it was going to be like driving literally <laughs> by it, like two minutes off. I have to turn left on my way to get to Arby's. So Paparazzi Faber is going to snitch on all the players that right are now, eating goal, at Arby's. <laughs> Yeah, goal for this podcast and for the next year, we've got a lot of goals. I think we don't really touch on, but but like. The RB sponsorship needs to come pretty damn <laughs> soon here, man. Like, listen. <laughs> Arby's, oh my gosh. Like, uh, the way that I've talked about their loaded curly fries enough on this show and on Twitter, we need to get the RB sponsorship pretty damn soon. Yeah, I agree. We don't have a fast food. We don't. Yet. We don't have a Parallel Street place. Kitchen as close as we get, and that's We also
0: crazy. just completely forgot the poll question. I said I was going to make it, and we never made one. So we'll get we'll you on a poll question. Yeah, we'll skip the we'll poll skip question this week. We don't have a sponsor for it, so it doesn't really yeah, matter it's not if like we are mad at us. Yeah, nobody's going to get mad at us. Who was so? our
1: sponsor last week? It was like something. The BC Fairies Memes. Uh, well, that was a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Last episode we had it. Crossberry experiment. Farms, I believe. No, that was a few weeks ago, too. We, we well, just picked random businesses. So this week it'll be Arby's. I think Arby's has been a sponsor of the poll question before. The missing poll question this week brought to you by i'm gonna
0: shout out a little place actually okay brown's books on hastings in burnaby Mm -hmm. right by playland so if you're in vancouver vancouver over there in east van just drive over you're you're right there brown's books it's a rare mystery bookshop okay i know you're not a big reader not at all but i am and it is a great it's a great great bookstore i went in there Bought some. They have a whole hockey section. Uh, some books by Ed Willis were there. Uh, some writings of the Tony Gallagher were in there. A um, lot of lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Go check it out. It's a. It's. It looks small, but when you walk in, it's two storefronts, and it's just the the the. It's like stacked to the ceilings with books mm. all over the place. Great little shop. Go check it out. This has been the Browns Books. Poll question,
1: all right. And we don't
0: actually have a poll question.
1: But we'll no. go check out Brown's books. Hey, no prospects report this week either. Nothing really going on. Uh, I seen Vasily Colson's back around Moscow. Yes. Um. So he's got. He was on vacation for a little bit. The honeymoon, uh, time that he was on right now, uh, that so we'll, we'll see what's coming up with him. And reports, uh, earlier this week about, um, sorry, was it who wrote the article? I spoke to Benning. Was it Willis? What? Someone had an interview with Benning, the one-on-one interview for the province. Kuzma, maybe? Yeah, whatever. There was a one-on-one from the and province. And Willis doesn't
0: work for the province Sorry, anymore. I know. Why am I saying Willis? <laughs> I
1: think it was Kuzma um, who had... Well, there, there was a flash from the past right there. Sorry. No, it wasn't Kuzma either. I'm just blanking on names right now. I don't now. think there was an exclusive Was it Sportsnet's had the one-on-one with Benning? Yeah. And they talked yes, about IMAC. Yes, yeah, IMAC yeah, had it. So yeah. what am I talking about here? Ed Willis. You, you messed me up with the whole Ed Well, Willis Ed thing. Willis wrote a book, and it's at Brown's Books. Well, it's ruined the whole no poll question, Bruce's <laughs> Books, or whatever this place is called. Bruce's It's Books. messed me completely up here. I'm <laughs> lost now. And so the one-on-one with IMAC, with what they said about Vasily Pod Colson, coming in early August. Found that kind of interesting. You know, Glad gonna, you got that in. Going to get here a month and a half uh, before training camp, which is exciting. I think that's a good thing for Pod Colson and uh, his wife as well. There was an interview in Russia. Yeah, I'd see the time quads. There's <laughs> an interview in Russia where they asked him if he rushed the the wedding to get her a visa. People are over here giving me crap about about putting too much pressure on Pod Podkolzin. There's people asking him about rushing his wedding. Somebody asked him if his wife deceived him in one of the interviews in Russia. <laughs> what? And I was like and then he like laughed like awkwardly and said no. And then he's oh like what gosh. do you mean? That's what he asked back to the Russian reporter and I was like Man, like it was some weird questions, and then they're, they're just
0: prepping him for Vancouver. Well, man. That's the thing. And then People the, think
1: we're bad. Yeah, the rush. This was awkward. It was like him at a charity game, and some guy went up to him for his YouTube channel oh and did gosh. the interview. It was awkward. It was weird. He asked him some like very pointed questions about his wife and why he married her so early. Was it just to get her a visa oh so she could gosh. come to Vancouver? And how much? Then, how much money would it take for that
0: to be your first question to Paul Colson when he gets here? Not a not a an like like that well, would, there's an amount. What's the amount? Like it, it takes over a million, I think, to absolutely butcher. Oh no, not close that would be
1: way less. Yeah, wait less. to
0: butcher your relationship with this prospect hey, that I've, you have tried so
1: hard yeah. to connect with. No, I, yeah, it would take quite a bit. But <laughs> What's your price? I, I'm curious. Forty grand. Forty grand. <laughs> yeah, forty grand. That's like, like it's not that much. It's not that much. No, but forty grand <laughs> would be pretty good right now. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, we're going to end on that. I can't note. believe somebody asked him that. That's unbelievable. Yeah it's a oh. very strange question i watched the youtube channel i went through the whole translator got the, like i did the whole thing so i could translate maybe it was just something
0: like lost in translation or
1: i don't know because the way that pod colson reacted was like was like he just got asked if he deceived if his wife deceived him yeah
0: oh my goodness he was
1: like he like uh like laughed awkwardly and then was just like what do you mean and then like asked him right after about well did she just want to get married so she could have a visa and then he was like I think he even like kind of expanded on saying that, you know, there was part of that. They were hoping to get married six months down the road. He said, Pod Colson said this. Yeah. And this is all through Google Translator. So I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's decently accurate. <laughs> it was on. And then also I found on a website and it translated the same way to that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, people are giving me crap for putting too much pressure on I'm saying he's going to be on the first lines. So, like, at least I'm not asking about rushing his wedding with his wife. So like not for four,
0: unless it's for 40 grand. We'll start the GoFundMe. Then. Start the GoFundMe. To make Faber ask an absolutely horrible
1: question. W- I would ask it in a better way than that. Too. Yeah, that's fair. That's I think, fair. It, yeah, anyways, so we're going to, you know, we'll wrap up there. Prospects reports all wrapped up. Um, so we'll, we'll close things out there. It's been a long episode. Man, we haven't done a, an over an hour interv- uh, episode without an interview in a long time. So we'll wrap things up there for David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber. Hopefully there's not some extra little bits we got to add on to the end here if anything happens. But if there is, we'll get to that right now. But aside from that, for David Quadrelli, my name is Chris Faber. And thank you so much for listening to another episode. Episode of the Canucks Conversation. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.